Welcome back, welcome back, and welcome back to the Share It All podcast. I'm here, your lovely growing coach, Joy the Growth Coach, and I'm here with the beautiful Brianna the Barb. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm going to ask you to move just a little bit closer to the mic so they okay. can hear you. Mm-hmm. So, Brianna, I want you to give you time to introduce yourself. Um, I'm going to tell her how definitely I asked you to be on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I'm going to just let her tell a little bit about who she is, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of things. Yes, yeah, so my name is Brianna, mm-hmm. but I'm best known as Brianna the Barb or the Barb Life across social medias. Um, I am a blogger, entrepreneur, and most recently a podcast personality. Um, I actually have an online boutique called Barbuary, so definitely be sure to check me out and shop with me. Link and will I be have, in the description. Yes, period. Um, and I also have a um, self-help blog called the Barb Life Blog, where I talk about everything from lifestyle, sexuality, advice, all the things. So definitely check me out. And um, more recently, I launched my own podcast called Barbwire. And you can find me at barbwire.pod on Instagram. And all the links will be in the bio. Yes, yes, yes. So I reached out to her because I've been following you actually for about, I'm going to say since I went to college, because you're a grip. Yeah, yeah, it's been a grip. <laughs> um, so I definitely been following her for a good while, and I was like, you know what? Let me just sprinkle out and see who I could just bring in to be in this podcast. So I asked her recently; she's more than welcome. And I definitely saw that she was on a po- she had her own podcast. So I'm just like, ooh, content for both, Absolutely. possibly. So I'm definitely glad and grateful that you're here. I'm grateful. So I'm grateful to hear what you have to say. I want to get to know more about you and your mental health, mm-hmm. and Beth, definitely just share with the community and share with all of us yes, I'm so i'm gonna ask you a few questions about like general things and we're gonna get to the nitty-gritty of the many topics that we have to know about miss brianna okay. so what is mindfulness to you mindfulness okay so i personally believe that mindfulness has everything to do with awareness and kind of a sense of self so i think that mindfulness boils down to um, your own personal state of being so how you react to stimuli how you react to your environment how things make you feel how you respond to them um and it has everything to do with just your overall sense of self i would say okay okay um do you believe that mindfulness and self-awareness are the same thing or you think they are two different things um i would say that they're different but they do definitely go hand in hand okay so what's your definition of self-awareness then so self-awareness similar to mindfulness but i feel like self-awareness is like everything internal so whereas mindfulness um has a lot to do with the things around you and self-awareness is are with the things within you okay so i'm gonna give you like the definition since i'm a certified life and wellness coach and i also study from john kabat zinn um mindfulness is the state of being but practicing within the meditative state right so how you're being in that moment but you're paying attention to how you're being on purpose and self-awareness is just knowing self but also how self reacts i think to everything that is around you Mm, and whatnot so, so I definitely morphed them together. Yeah, you morphed them together, which is not a problem. Look, everybody got their own definition, and I'm I'm not here to judge anybody at anything like that. But it's good to definitely let people know like what are the actual definitions mm-hmm. and like see where they can say, like, oh, maybe this is how my definition morphs into what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. Um, so I want to ask, how do you practice mindfulness or self-awareness in your life? Mm, okay. So 
One, I am a person that meditates. So okay. I'm big on that. Um, so that's one way. And just being very um, conscious of the ways that I react to things and just making sure that I don't get out of my element, that I remain grounded. So I like to be by water if I feel like I need to be mindful, to meditate, um, to rest, um, certain things like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, do you do, do you do yoga? Do you like, do like long walks and things like that? Like those are sometimes like things I notice, like people practice like mindfulness or like mm. just to like relax and calm their minds. I don't do yoga, not so much, but I am a dancer. I was like a ballerina for 15 years. Really? So yes. Okay. So, so we really... got something in common. I yeah. did ballet oh, for 10 really? years. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I like to move my body. I like to like feel present in my body um okay. so that is another way of being mindful so even if it's i'm just in in my room just you know taking up space yeah and that's very helpful okay okay mm-hmm. um so yeah to answer your question i did ballet for 10 years and then i transitioned over for track so yes oh, uh, wow. and i still have all a legs lot. yes all legs all <laughs> legs to this day <laughs> that's clearly not gonna change yeah. i think like whenever you're a ballet or you did modern tap or anything like that just little sidebar mm-hmm. that never changes within your body oh you know like that dancer build i i could lose my track build but somehow something about like yeah. my dancer body's just never left mm-hmm. and i've realized that it's a blessing it is <laughs> it's a blessing and i'm gonna take it now because when i if i ever have kids i'm gonna be slightly upset yeah um but yeah <laughs> so just get back on topic uh how do you practice self-accountability in your life mm. self-accountability The easiest answer is to just hold myself accountable, but that's not even like (laughs) enough. Um, Just like, you know, taking checks and balances of, you know, if I have my things together, like what's going on, keeping inventory of my sense of self, like just being honest with myself. Like, yeah. Do you have any suggestions for that? Because I definitely fall short. um, For one, I... For one, I, I do therapy. So, like, I'll have, like, my weekly sessions with my therapist, and my therapist will hold me accountable based off, like, how my actions were for the week. And you're like, you're wrong. This is how Ooh. it could have been. And I'm just like, all right, I can see where you're right in this. And um, I have to hold myself accountable to that. Um, I think it's really good when you have a tribe of friends or family. Mm-hmm. When you do get into a situation, they're like, you're wrong, and you know you're wrong. And so, like... You have to say within that moment, all right, I'm wrong and this is how like I need to really either go about this situation differently and either go to the person that I either wronged or like change my actions so it doesn't mm-hmm. become a continuous pattern. Okay. Um and also just be having being a person of integrity. So like within my business is um, my acronym is medic. So it's mindfulness, education, discipline, integrity, and character. And I'm very big on integrity and being honest and being fair. And like be, having that faith and that fairness, um, so like I'm a I like to say that I'm a woman of integrity, mm-hmm. and when I'm not, I want people to call me out on that. Mm, that's good. So, um, I think that, and also it develops your character. I like to say that too. But um, yeah, I'm really big on integrity, and I think that's where the self accountability does lie. Like, mm-hmm. how strong is it, and how are you working to build on that every single day? Right. That actually like makes me think about how my journey with entrepreneurship is definitely something that's been a tool with 
uh, increasing my personal accountability because like when you're dealing with other people, when you have business, you have to, you know, be honest, you have to have integrity, like all of these things. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something that um, I would like to say that I had, but I'm also learning and strengthening with that. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And the last question, I think that's it. Starts off a really <laughs> tricky question that everybody like I've noticed recently likes and gets stumped on. Uh-oh. How do you think instant gratification has affected our generation, and what's some ways you think we can improve it? Okay. So I definitely feel that with instant gratification, we have as a society a sense of entitlement. Hmm. Um, we live in a popcorn society where everything happens now. We get what we want now. If we don't, it's a problem. Um, so that comes with, you know, success or the lack thereof. We just feel like, well, why, why am I not successful now? Or why am I not, you know, this idea of perfection now? Um, so I would say that it's definitely problematic because that's just simply not how life goes. That's not how progression goes. Um, and something that we could do to, I feel like help this i really have to think about that let me think because it's not a, it's a yeah. not an easy quick fix because it's something we we've been raised in like the funny thing is originally we weren't always raised like this i'm like barely a 90s baby though uh see i'm like they like to say i'm not a 90s baby but what's I, your birth I, year i was born in 97 Girl, but i yeah, i got i got a little smidget <laughs> i got a little smidget in the 90s yeah. because i grew up watching a lot of 90s things mm-hmm. like so like you're a year younger than me but yeah you grew up mostly in the 2000s but i guess i have older parents so it was just like everything was like we're gonna put you back into the 90s okay. or the 80s yeah. or the 70s yeah. or really the 60s mm-hmm. so um yeah yeah so i would say i was kind of born in the instant gratification era so it's kind of even hard to find the solution because it's my norm mm. what would you suggest well and something that i have suggested um is taking a leap and just going off social media for six, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. That instant gratification, the minute, like I did a social media cleanse back last October, which actually almost is coming up on a year next month. Um, and I was off of social media up to this past March, April. And when I tell you it was so refreshing, it really, really was. Um, if people have the opportunity to do it, I, I always suggest it maybe for a month, two months, and really just learn how to ground yourself and just not be so con to likes and comments and things like that knowing it's just really knowing when to unplug mm-hmm. um i always like to tell people slow and steady wins the race mm. um i know that's definitely hard because you see people becoming everyday millionaires and yeah. quick money isn't good money that's what i like to tell people yeah. um things need to be worked for um it builds your character it builds who you are and quick money doesn't always make you happy mm-hmm. um quick success doesn't make you happy um, because something I've learned through my entre- entrepreneurial <laughs> journey, mm-hmm. don't know why I just stumbled <laughs> on that guys, my bad. Um, but something I've learned through this journey is that if it comes easy, it, it's not worth it. Having, yeah. yeah. It's not worth having at all. Um, so I liked when I had to slowly grind for things. I liked the lessons and learning in it. And that's the one thing I really love about, you know, working on this podcast, working in my business for the last two years is the amount of work that I put into it, the amount of lessons that I learned, the amount of tears I've cried because it's been a lot. (laughs) It gets a lot. But Yeah. um, yeah, I think it's really worth it. 
And I just, if our generation could just take a step back and really realize if it's not something I'm really growing from internally as a human being, mm -hmm. um, then it should not be for me. Right. So mm -hmm. those are just That's a few good. suggestions I have. I have a lot more, but. Yeah. As you're talking, I definitely came up with one myself too. And it's definitely to stop the comparison mm -hmm. because like a lot of times, and this ties into the social media thing too, which is why I think that having a cleanse is definitely a good idea. I personally have tried them, but it's so hard because like all of my business is on line trust me if you can get like that's the one thing if i can you know what if somebody listens to this podcast watches it mm -hmm. i need a social media manager no seriously so, no seriously so when i hit my hiatus you got me <laughs> yeah like that's yeah. the one thing like i definitely if i can get a social media manager to run like both all my pages and stuff like that trust and believe i'll make you the content you mm -hmm. just gotta post it because yeah. um Sometimes you just want to step away from just being on it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that you won't create the content for it. You just don't want to be on it. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something I definitely like know. And I get it. Like the comparison thing, it's really real out here. Like mm -hmm. everybody's comparing themselves to one another. Everyone. And it's like we all feel like we want to expedite the process and we feel like rushed or behind. But you never know how many years or like how much time in the making someone else's win. How many tears they've for. cried behind the yeah, camera. And how we're many just failures. looking at it at that moment. Like we just get the snapshot like, well, they have it now, I want it now. It's the instant gratification thing, but it's like you don't you didn't see the work, you didn't see the emotions and all of that. So it's a lot of that going on on the net. <laughs> yeah. And trust me, like, like I'd say, just people that are listening, I've had this conversation so many times because we're finally on episode number 10. I'm super excited. Um, but yeah, like take it. If, like I say, if you can take just one step back, maybe for a week, two weeks, a month, just do it. Mm -hmm. I don't recommend you doing the six months unless you got the time like me, <laughs> like I did. I think mine was six or eight months. Oh, wow. But um, if you can, just take a step back and really just think about who you are, where you want to be, how social media affects where you want to be, and what you can use social media for to uplift yourself. Mm. And how do you think how you're displaying yourself on social media, how it will affect you and your upcoming generations if you if you choose to have kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think everybody chooses to have kids, but if you choose to want to have kids or whatever, how do you think this is going to affect them? Mm, that's good. So, yeah. All right, so we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the topic. I'm super excited. I got a few topics for you. Okay. So you talked about some of your businesses. I want you to kind of tell me that you have a podcast. Tell me about how you stumbled into doing a podcast. It's yeah, not easy. It's definitely not easy. I'm very, very new in this game. We held this conversation, yeah. so I'm definitely taking notes from Joy. But um, essentially, I got into podcasting by way of blogging. So like in school and everything, my specialization was like public relations, journalism, like everything media related. So, you know, before I graduated, I started a blog. Um, but then I was confronted with the fact that people don't like to read. So like, <laughs> that's just what it Unless is. Unless you make it quick and easy, like a one, two, yeah, three. And yeah. I'm very chatty and I tried to keep them concise. Sometimes I didn't. And I'm just like, maybe it would be easier for all of us if I just recorded what I would have written. So that's how I got into the podcast. And um, it's kind of the same vibe, self-help or just like, just conversation based, but it is a solo podcast, which we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Also, it's a little bit trickier mm -hmm. because like I have no one to go back and forth with, but I've really been enjoying it because it's kind of like I get my thoughts down and out 
Um, and a lot of people think the way that I think, which has been very interesting, um, especially for people who tune in and they're just like, it's interesting, you know, how you thought this or how you think about that, which has been very interesting where I haven't really had that rapport like that on my blog. So okay. it's been fun. So what topics do you cover on there? Um, so right now I'm only at two episodes. Girl. Okay. Look, you can yes. have like a list of ideas that you got. Yeah. Flowing, so. so pretty much I plan to cover everything from pop culture to continuing my advice column onto my podcast. Um, I talk about body positivity, um, societal and social media norms, like all the things. There's nothing that I won't touch on. Um, and on my blog, I talked about sexuality. Again, I gave advice. I talked about, um, I tell my own business. I like to overshare. Um, all of that. So it's kind of the same thing. Okay. Well, since you said you like to overshare, I'm going to probably guess. Yeah, get in my business, girl. Okay. Let me guess your uh, sign. Yeah. See, I'm a Libra, so. Okay. We love the balance. Uh, I'm gonna. You're not a Taurus. Mm-hmm. Overshare. Yeah. I'm trying to think. It's of interesting a- though. <laughs> I, I'm kind of like a wild card because I have a lot of qualities that aren't related to my sign. Like I'm kind of like an anomaly. You're not a Gemini, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> when you said anomaly, I was like, no, I'm <laughs> Lord. Um are you a Sag? No. Mm-mm. I actually named my business after my birth month. My business is called Barbuary. February? What's another Uary? January? Yeah. You're a Capricorn? Yeah. Right. I wouldn't know. Exactly. I give Leo energy. I feel like I'm very like, most Capricorns are very like. Subtle? Yeah, they're subtle. They're, they're rigid. They're kind of reserved. Yeah, because my I'm best friend's a Capricorn and I. Not that girl. So maybe you don't really lie within your sign. You probably yeah. rise in your When I'm alone, though, they ring true. But when I'm around other people, I feel like I have like Leo energy. Have you ever done your full chart to see? I do, but I don't have it memorized. But I know Leo's in my chart. Okay, then that probably makes sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, I can't. I can see like the Aries possibly. Oh, yeah. Because I'm going to say, well, I don't see you going zero to 100, but you're very fiery. fiery. Okay. Yeah. So you got I'll like some that. fire like energy mm-hmm. in you. So mm-hmm. that's why I definitely You give me fly. Pisces. Ooh, how you feel no. about <laughs> No. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. You give me Pisces. No. So, mm, I, mm, I <laughs> no. What Pisces hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Cut to chase. Uh-oh. No. So, I am a Libra mm-hmm. son. My rising is Aries. Okay. And then I am a hold on what's the one that's in um i'm a cancer moon okay hold up i'm I'm probably wrong yeah pull it up i'm probably like no i'm not capping i know i'm right (laughs) i know i'm right i know i'm right for a fact i know i'm right yes okay i had it backwards so my son is capricorn my moon no no my son is libra my moon is capricorn and my ascending is aries there we go okay so so, okay. So my sun is in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. My moon is in Leo. 
and my ascendant is in cancer. Okay, so we match. Oh. I actually don't know much about cancers. They're very emotional. Yeah, I've heard that actually. They are. So, but no, I don't have a, I don't have a, I, <laughs> people that know me, I love my friends that are Pisces. Mm-hmm. They're just not my favorite always people. Oh, I feel that. They're just sometimes too emotional and I just don't be having the patience yeah, to be that. dealing with that. I had that. a few Pisces bays and it just never worked out. But the, I love their energy at the beginning. <laughs> They're sweethearts. Yeah. I just can't do it with the emotions. But it's funny because sometimes I'm an emotional person mm-hmm. so sometimes two emotional people just, yeah. it just doesn't work out. But it's okay. Still got love for y'all. Still care for y'all. I <laughs> just I just realized just not here. Just not here. (laughs) Another sign that I have a slightly issue with Aquarius. Really? Yeah. But it's so funny because like it says we're low key compatible. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, yeah. No. No. (laughs) I feel like Aquarius and Taurus are like the most compatible with like the most amount of people on the. Libras can fall into it as well because we we like to balance a lot of things out Mm -hmm. and we can mesh and mingle in certain places. Like Like, my mom's a Libra. Yeah, like people don't have really a problem with us in certain aspects. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you want to go down, you you got people that hate Scorpios, people that hate. I hate Gemini's. Oh, I'm I one agree of those. with you. I can't agree with you on that one. I'm one of those. I don't rock with the flip floppy mm-hmm. energy. Like even if it's inherent, like no, and it always happens. Well, you know it's funny. My aunt is a Gemini. She acts nothing like it. So she's kind of like a me. Like I don't act like a cap. She doesn't act like, I, like she gives no Gemini like vibes, and it's kind of creepy. Versus my mom is a Gemini, and I can tell maybe because <laughs> I live with her, but right. Oh, I can tell she's a Gemini, like mm-hmm. just off her energy. But um, all right. So tell me about your other business. Um, what the boutique? Yes, tell me about the boutique. Yeah. So you know, Barbuary. All of my brands are named after myself. I don't know if that's Zane or not. Like <laughs> Barbuary, the Barb Life, Barb Wire. Like yeah. I bro. mean, you're a, if you want to say you're a bar brand, then yeah, it kind of makes sense because you have a Barbie like body. Thank you. Thank you. It's indeed the brand. It's the lifestyle. It makes sense. Thank you. So yeah, um, pretty much I have a boutique called Barbuary. Um, and we're best known for just our very unique accessories. I sell lingerie, um, jewelry, eyelashes, color lashes, like literally everything. It's just So you make these all by hand though? Not everything is handmade. Some things are custom, some things aren't. Um, but I pretty much just Want it to be a one-stop shop for everything that makes a woman feel like the doll that they are. So I just want to cover all the bases. Oh, as you should. Are you going to get into shoes then? I am. I am. Are you going to actually make them yourself too? Because I know know some of that. Shoes, girl. But I'm going to customize them. I'm going to design them. (laughs) I'm going to design them, but I don't know how to make the shoes, girl. Oh, okay, okay. So what made you, I guess, like, what was your aha moment like during college or like recently that made you just want to do it? Yeah, so... I launched, um, I actually launched on Valentine's Day of 2020. Right um, before the pandemic, smart. <laughs> yeah, right before the pandemic. And pretty much I've always been very entrepreneurial. Like even when I was in middle school, I remember I got written up because I was like selling tie-dye t-shirts out my locker <laughs> and like all types of stuff like that. Like I've always been, I like the idea of having autonomy over 
something that's just mine. So um, I like to make things. I like to produce things. I like other people to like what I like. And I like to provide the, that those things for people. So um, since the dawn of time, like I sold, um, do you remember the duct tape wallet trend? Do you remember that? Duct tape. Did that happen at your at your school? Duct tape wallet? Yeah. Anyway, there was a trend. No, I don't maybe I wasn't a part of it, but okay, keep going. Comment a wallet emoji if they had this at your school, okay? But I used to make those like it was in that duct tape era of like when people were wearing like duct tape dresses to prom and duct tape Do you where were you? Not on planet Earth. At a white school. <laughs> tell you Me that too, much. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't here. No. Nope. But yeah, I've been, you know, making, creating since the dawn of time. So it's just inherent. I, I feel like my best self when I can control my own brand. So okay. It's been a lot of fun. I can I can appreciate that. I still can't get over it. I don't know what the duct tape wallet is, but we're not gonna yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to show you a picture after. Yeah, because I have no idea what that is. Yeah. And I'm thoroughly trying to remember, like, all the trends that I went through. And that, that was, was not, not one, one of them. them. <laughs> <laughs> not one of them, not whatsoever. But I, I can appreciate somebody that has an entrepreneurial spirit because at the end of the day, you just want to be in control of your own money, your own happiness, and your own mind. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And I, I see that a lot within our generation. They kind of are taking the stance of wanting to be in control of their narrative. Yeah. So um, I applaud you on that. It's going to be a hard, Thank long you. journey. Yeah. And um, I hope you do at, during the time that you are doing this. Um, give yourself breaks. Give yourself, you know, space to grow and breathe and just reflect on where you are going and where you are currently. Yeah. Of course, of course. And I'm Thank always you. here for guidance. Um, <laughs> just a few things I just give you a little advice on when it comes to entrepreneurial entrepreneurial. I don't know why I can't say this word today. Entrepreneurial spirit. Um, create habits. Healthy habits is definitely one of them. Um, so habits work in a form of um, 21. Well, I like to do 21 slash 30. So 21 slash 30, 66 and 90. So it takes 21 days to build a habit. I think it makes 30 days kind of that in between break. 66 days to get rid of any negative habits that you have and 90 days to make it a lifestyle choice. Mm. So um, creating habits that are going to be successful towards your business will actually help you grow and whatnot and just continuously keep doing it and doing habit um recorrection whenever you mess up because you have to kind of recorrect yourself mm -hmm. in order for the habit for you to train your mind to keep going with that same habit okay okay so yeah I just a little like nugget of advice that yeah, um I love that, you're definitely though. getting into it like even when you're doing a podcast i know i kind of like i'm gonna be honest Putting up a podcast episode and finding people and having topics is hard. Yeah. Um, people don't see it behind the scenes. But like I try and always have podcast episodes every Monday, um, audio out Monday, every Wednesday, recorded, the video is out. So that's my goal. Does it always happen? No, but like making that stride to do it. Also, maybe having days to like set up that are strictly for editing and things like that um finding clientele or people to be on your podcast and things like that so mm -hmm. just making the space and time and once you kind of ingrain that into your mind it makes it a lot more easier mm, thank so, you so yeah just a little that. sprinkle of we love life the gems. a we life love coach in in me <laughs> like just help you out along the way as long as i can i'm <laughs> actually really curious about the life coaching though like 
Ooh. Tell me more. Okay. And how'd you get into that? And like, so all the things. Long story short, um, I have. I'm not gonna say I've always had mental health issues, but um, mental health has always been a up and down flow within my entire life. I've lost a parent at a young age. Mm-hmm. My grandmother got diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia mm-hmm. in the same year that my dad got diagnosed with um, stage four brain and lung cancer. Oh, wow. So. Um, from an early age, I was always going through certain things and being an only child. Sometimes you don't have that outlet to really talk about what's going on and not saying that my mom is not a tremendous mom. She is the, she's the epitome of what a hands-on mom can be, but she misses the mark on certain things because she can't be everywhere and every in doing everything at one spot. So, um, I acknowledge that. Um, but as time grew up, like I went through changes in high school, um, and going through relationships. It, it hit me at one point when I got to college and being in a relationship, um, my ex at the time told me, they said, look, I love you, but I can't be your therapist and you're and the person you're dating at the same time. You have to make a choice of what you want me to be. So because of that person, I got up and I went to therapy and I did that for my entire junior year. And I noticed how much therapy started to change the trajectory of my life and from that my senior year I realized it was literally the semester right before I graduated Mm -hmm. I realized I didn't want to do um I was going for occupational therapy too I didn't want to do occupational therapy anymore I knew I wanted to do some type of mental health but didn't want to be so ingrained in occupational therapy I knew I wanted to be some type of therapist so it took me so recently um, in 2020 to really realize I want to be probably a social worker and go into that avenue of doing therapy that way. It's mm-hmm. also easier. And you call you that's listening. Although, yes, you can go and get your mental health therapist, not telling you do not do it, but it's quicker to get the hours done. Um, coming from a person that actually works around social workers and also a licensed practicing therapist, you have to do a lot more hours. So that's why I decided I wanted to do social work and then also the certifications. Mm-hmm. But you can also still get paid um that's another whole conversation long story short um when I was starting to discover like who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do and I was telling people this they're like you really kind of sound like a life coach to begin with and I'm just like I don't know what a life coach is (laughs) like what so as I kept going along my journey because I knew I wanted to start my business people were like life coach life coach life coach and it kept coming up and I'm like all right. So then I met with my mentor and I was like telling her about who and what I wanted to be. And she's like, you're definitely going to be a life coach. And I'm just like, OK. Wow. And so I went to life coaching school. I went through Health Coach Institute. And then I also did my mentor has a life coaching school through Hardy Enterprises. Um, shout out to Dr. Hardy. Um, she is a blessing in disguise for the African-American community. She does a lot of great work. And I became a certified life and wellness coach through her. And um Throughout the last couple of years, I've been a lot of like my clientele was like, you really focus a lot on habits. And I'm just mm. like, really? Because yeah. like I, I call them out on a lot of habits in which they do. And we kind of do a lot of structural based on like building better habits. Mm-hmm. So now that's kind of where I got the idea of, oh, I'm kind of like a habits based coach. So you come to me with your goals. It can be any goal in the world, but we're going to create habits that are going to help you get to the goal that you have I love that and whatnot so yeah. that's kind of how I became a life coach that's impressive 
Yep. Girl. <laughs> two two years down the line and still trying to figure out my way to go from here. But um, mm-hmm. it's a blessing in disguise. And I love, you know, helping people make a difference within their lives. I help. Um, I help people through this podcast. They uh, listen and I'm, I'm thoroughly grateful for it. And I just enjoy really like teaching people, you know, it's time to wake up and be the best version of yourself. Absolutely. So, yeah, have you ever even heard of a life coach outside of, like, this conversation? Yeah, so I have, but I didn't know you were one. Really? You follow me. I know, but I always see the, I, I don't know, I just missed the life coach part. I was just like, okay, podcast personality, like, life coach, but, wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, Um, but I don't think I do a lot of, I think I need to start doing a, definitely a lot more work on my Instagram in regards to, like, you know, me being a habits-based coach and a mm-hmm. life coach because I used to make content for it and I think I shied away from it because it just didn't get the amount of attention. Yeah. And sometimes I think you need to stop caring about, you know, the attention and I'm just really that. caring about the purpose behind yeah. it because it's going to affect somebody. Um, but also then you're playing within Instagram's algorithm and it's very annoying. Yeah, and Instagram definitely likes to poop on creatives and... That they just like certain creating. types of creating. So it is what it is. Yeah. I just accept it. No shade. No shade to Instagram. I, we love you. But, but we all get it together. We have a love-hate relationship yeah. with you. So um, I just want to get into another topic. Because we talked about off-camera. Yeah. We talked about dating and sexuality and things like that. So I'm going to let you tell me a little bit about yours. I'll tell you a little bit about mine. And I'm going to be honest, I slightly was kind of surprised. Really? Yes. With mine? Yes, I told you. Okay, so I am Okay, first of all, I'll start with okay, so my pronouns are she her. Um and I am a bisexual queen. Um, I never know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bisexual queen and um I'm currently single. The you know, it's really sad when you like <laughs> both sexes and nothing's working out. Like, what the hell's going on? So, yeah, that's really my life. Like, okay. First off, I'm gonna tell you for one, when I first was following you, I thought you were also a lesbian. The reason why I say <laughs> that, because I only saw you dating girls and I was like, oh, okay, so she's a lesbian. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nothing against that. Um, but then you telling me this now, still surprised. Um, then when you told me your preferences, I was even more surprised. Yeah. So, but I can relate. So I as well identify as bisexual and I mean, my pronouns are she or her. But um, I the problem that I think we both said we have is that fems don't see us as yeah. like that. It's just guys automatically see it and a, no shade to that. I mean, I'm okay with either way, but yeah. it's more so I would just be looking like, hey, so. <laughs> I think you cute too. Like- yeah. <laughs> so it's just like I was telling her. Um, yeah. It's not just like they're not willing to slide first. And it's like more so I think it's the reality of you just never know who is who. That's for sure. Um, and it's so interesting because since college and just being a part of the LGBTQ plus community just in general, I'm noticing that more people are queer than not. Have you noticed that? Or, or which is another thing, do you think that a lot of people are performative queer? Uh, thank you. Because I was about to say. Because that okay. is T. So um, I'm not going to say that everybody is um, 
isn't gay in their own way. And I have to <laughs> tread lightly at how I say this, especially because I have a platform. I'm so <laughs> I'm not going to say that everybody isn't gay. Okay. I'm going to say that there's a level to it. And I think that this generation of lovely human beings and the younger generation that is encapsulating social media is playing within a ballpark where I wonder how this is going to turn out in 20 years. Mm, do elaborate. So I'm not saying that there are going to be a lot more women dating women or there's a lot more men dating men, but I do believe that there are some people that are performative now, but they know that, okay, it's cute now, it's fun now, but I know I'm going to end up with like dating a man and a wife. Like, mm -hmm. And that's cool. Not telling you not to, but I just... I do feel like it's starting to become very over-exaggerated or really pushed. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, if you know who you are and you know what you like and you know what you like, what it is, I don't feel like it has, you don't always, you do need representation, but you don't always need representation. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like pushing it for one on little kids and stuff like that. I don't really feel like they need to know that purposely and I'm, I'm probably going to get bashed and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't feel like it needs to be like put on Disney Channel. I don't think it needs to be on Nickelodeon. I don't think it needs to be like, stop trying to push it on a three-year-old too. Mm -hmm. Like that's just personally me. Um, now when you get to high school, that's a completely different story and things like that. Like, cause I knew how I was probably for a while. When but... did you know? Seven. How'd you know? Like, what happened when you were like, mm, that's not a story for social media. <laughs> that's not a story for social media. <laughs> it's not. But I trust me, I knew. I confirmed it in high school. Okay. Like, because I ended up falling in love with one of my best friends at my freshman year high school because I went to all-girls school. So I thought at first, I was like, all right. So it's really because I'm in all-girls school. Then I left, went to a predominantly um white school and then it's co-ed and then it got really triple checked and i said okay, okay yeah. i definitely know mm -hmm. and it's fine um but yeah uh i'll tell you the story definitely off camera because that is all you can want to tell on camera <laughs> but um yeah i just feel like even growing up, I didn't feel like I always needed representation. Mm -hmm. Maybe like people are like, oh, I wish I had representation and things like that. Mm, I don't really care. Because um, I knew who I was back then and mm -hmm. it was what it was. But um, now that it's out and it's performative, it's cool. I, I don't, I'm not against it, but mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't know if this is how everybody is now. Yeah. We'll see in 20 years how this kind of affects our society. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I feel like I can digest the... Um, I can digest the... What is it? The representation of homosexuality um, in the media. But I do feel like the media has made homosexuality synonymous with hypersexuality. So it's like one thing to show, you know, a gay couple holding hands because like, yeah, gay couples hold hands, but you don't necessarily need little Nas X, you know, doing the most, yeah. you know, and cause it just, it, it, makes, it makes homosexuality seem devious. Correct. And that's not always how it is. I feel like I will rock with it. Just like how we see interracial couples, straight couples, um, same sex couples. That's cool with it. But like, 
we don't always show straight couples like busting down like on camera or like you know certain things like that but i feel like when it comes to like the gay representation it's always hypersexualized like we're just like little sexual deviants and that's not i the think case. that's what society kind of that's wants us to see and it's yeah. more so if you kind of literally ask the typical lesbian or gay couple like how they really are in their day-to-day life You'd be really surprised. They're just it's like it's kind of it's literally the same. It's just two women together. So yeah. I get the creativity aspect of everything. It's no shade to it, but like I said, it's very performative now, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like okay, next. Yeah, we get it. So um, people but, have been gay since it's dawn of time. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can. It's just. Okay, like, but no shade. I I love my LGBTQ plus community. I just, I have some reserves on certain things Mm -hmm. and I just thoroughly cannot get behind. But um, how do you think coming out to your family was and how did it play an effect on your mental health? Um, Well, I was blessed enough to have a family that majority of them were supportive. Um, And I feel like, much like any person, you know, we want to all be accepted by someone, mm-hmm. especially our family, the people that we care about the most, our friends, the closest people to us. Um, So I was lucky enough where I was able to, I gleaned that support from them. Um, And so that definitely helped me in pursuing, you know, the type of people that I was very interested in. And my mental health was good at, um, at that point. But I do feel like it could have went a completely different way had that not been the case because as much as we like to say like we don't care what our parents think or you know how they feel about who we love or who we want to be with it definitely takes a toll on you because like they're the first people like set of people that you're told to please like and so you want their support in everything even though we hate to admit it like i don't care what my mom says i don't care what my dad says you really do Mm -hmm. um and so with coming out, of course, I had relatives that are definitely homophobic and just had a lot to say. And of course, that made me upset. But I had to realize that, you know, I'm not living this life for them. And people are going to be mad at me no matter what I do. So, you know. I can I can respect and I can agree with that. Yeah. I didn't have always supportive family members, but I did have family members that still loved me regardless. I'm blessed to say that. Um, I've had friends and... Um, I haven't had any family, thank God, that got kicked out over like that. But I I have had a few friends where it's just like, because of that, it kind of destroyed their mm-hmm. family dynamic, and it is what it is. But um, I'm glad to hear that you didn't have that case scenario. You did thank have a supportive you. family. Um, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't expect it to be something that I think everybody accepts. And um, you just have to, what I've learned is meeting people where they are. Oh, yeah. Um, It's hard because you just want to please, you know, your family because you love them. Those are the first people that gave you life and and continue to give you a reason to strive each and every day. But I think the the best lesson, like you said, is kind of learning to live for yourself and living for your happiness and but living also a right and righteous life. So it they go hand Mm -hmm. in hand. Mm -hmm. And so. I applaud your family because, like I said, it's not easy out here. Look in these streets, and it's sadly not that common to have that type of support, especially from a black family. Absolutely, because our community has definitely been homophobic 
since ever? Not or would you say since slavery? Because I know that I feel like, and this is this is my um, thought process. I feel like because during slavery, a lot of the slave owners tried to emasculate our men. I feel like since that point and since freedom, um, men have tried so hard to get that masculinity back. And then for females that had to take on masculine roles, such as being the head of households after the fact, the whole single mom thing, the whole... Um, black male incarcerated mom black mom holding down the thing that's a masculine like role so i feel like we're homophobic because we're trying to get back within those rigid gender norms and you know being queer kind of blurs those lines a little bit i've never looked at it from that way mm-hmm. um it's like we're working to gain what we lost so i feel like you know we don't mean any harm but it it happened to us I've never looked at it that way. I want ever. <laughs> um, like I'm actually stumped. Um, or you so, can prove me wrong. What's your theory? So my theory is well. See, I can bring mine biblical, but then it's like I also don't because this can just go left, and I'm not trying to have Bible thumpers come at me because <laughs> I grew up in a church. So trust mm-hmm. me, I know what I'm saying. Um, but to take it out of that context for a second, um, for one, I think we were ripped from our culture. Definitely. Um, so that plays definitely a major role. I also believe that based off of wherever you are, like, I guess, geographically, there was homosexuality being placed in Africa prior. Mm. So, um, and I don't know if it's still present there now. I'm not, I'm not going to be a whiz and say it is. And I'm not going to say be a whiz and say it isn't because trust me, I got some friends that are from over there. They can tell me. Um, but I think based off of white colonization, mm-hmm. when it did occur, um, and you also had the Catholic church really take over a lot. Um, I think it kind of ripped a part of our I'm not even going to say religion. Well, because we had our own religious beliefs, African, um, black people originally. Um, I think it changed a lot of the things that we kind of believed in prior and saying what you believe is wrong and this is what is right. Now, granted, yes, I'm 100% Christian. I'm non-denominational Christian, which that can also now get me in backlash considering the fact that I just said I'm bisexual. (laughs) Um, And I'm thoroughly aware of that, but I can battle that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe that you're trying to put a culture into your religion and say what's right and what's wrong. I think you should allow people to believe what they want to believe Mm -hmm. and allow them to follow the faith and how they choose to follow it. Yes, there's a right way to follow it in God's eyes. There's also a right way to follow it in their eyes. And just people have to learn how to mesh that themselves Mm -hmm. in order to live the the life they choose to feel is right for them. So um, I do believe that that's kind of where um our people when it comes to religion and sexuality kind of deviate on because they're trying to follow what is based off the United States and white colonization and Catholicism and everything in that nature. But if you go into Hinduism, if you go into Buddhism, which once again, I, I've only taken a class, one one class on this, they don't have these strict norms. Now, I know 
Islam Islam does. And really, you will not see a lot of people that are um, having Islam that are same-sex couples. Now, that's fine right. because they follow a lot more. It's kind of the same idealism as Christianity, but it's really switched a lot in certain ways. But... Um, or Judaism, Judaism and uh, Judaism and Islam is kind of they kind of go hand in hand yeah. on what they believe along with Christianity. But in other religions that are kind of like uh, those aren't West, yeah, are they? no, they're not Western. They're Eastern religions. There we go. In Eastern religions, um, there's not such a heavy like look on sexuality mm-hmm. as much. I know there isn't every religion. Not saying there isn't. But, um, yeah, that's just something I think I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's Christianity as a whole and Catholicism as a whole has put a different demeanor on what it means to be gay. Yeah. And so that brings up another question of how did African-American, well, the black community become so homophobic when Christianity and you know, you know, the Christian constructs was white in nature at first, but the white community isn't as homophobic as we are. Cause in because indigenous like religion. I think black people when we first came over here mm-hmm. were trying we had to our like own set of them. yeah, we had our own set of religions. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember, as time went on, they stripped our culture from us. Mm-hmm. And whatnot. And especially when they're separating families, they're separating babies from their moms. And now you're going to start imitating what your slave masters are showing you. So you're losing all that culture that you once had. Mm -hmm. You're losing your language. You're losing your dialect. You're losing your names. You're losing almost... I'm not even going to say your melanin, but... Yeah, your ideology is basically crushed. So um, over time, when that continuously keeps happening that's why you get people that are probably homophobic because they're learning these things that in which the slave masters are. But what the funny thing is slave masters was doing doing things they wasn't supposed to be doing. So it's just like a, it's a oxymoron and it's also like contradicting yourself, sir. So make it make sense. Yeah. But um, we're not going to get into the animal stuff y'all was doing either. But y'all was doing a lot of strange things. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways, I didn't know about that. But you know what? I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that. But um, make a long story short, I mean, I'm kind of just not surprised how the black community has become so homophobic. Because at probably one point or another, ancient years ago, they probably weren't like that. If you probably, if we could read ancient hieroglyphics and ancient texts, we would probably find out a lot more things. But Mm -hmm. there are so many people that in the world that aren't skilled like that. And also, Africa isn't the same Africa that that was almost like before slavery. Yeah, you're right. So, it is what it is. I think you just take what you can get from the black community. And I think the black community is really trying to push a lot more for um, being not so homophobic. But... I mean, we still have a long way to go. I think every culture has a long way to go in acceptance. I agree. I feel like when we're the seniors, like when we're the grandmas, I feel like that's going to be the generation of acceptance because now it's kind of like nobody cares. Like our generation is just kind of like gay. Yeah. But see, like I said, I want to see what this is going to look like in about 10 to 15 years because some of these people are, I feel like are very performative with it. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's cute now. 
But I think the real people that are really like naturally born like that will outlive and be like, oh, this is really who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just wait for y'all to stop being like this. So, yeah, (laughs) just go back to where you're supposed to be. Um, that's just me. I mean, like I said, love who you love and I'm not against telling people to be who, be with who you want to be with, Mm -hmm. but just don't, don't do too much at times because it's just sometimes just not that necessary. That's just me personally, but I don't want to get chastised. (laughs) I really, really don't because this is your platform. Just because it's my platform, that doesn't mean I want to do be chastised on my platform. Let me ask you one other, a few other questions before, mm-hmm. you know, we wrap up this lovely okay. session. Um, what are you looking for in life? Mm. Like, what do you want to get out of life? What do you feel like your purpose is? I feel like... I really do feel like my purpose is to teach. Um, And I say that because, or to give a voice to people, because I definitely feel fulfilled when, you know, while I'm writing blogs and people take stuff from me or like when I'm speaking and it resonates with people and like um, just having conversations and stuff like this with you. And we were just talking about like history and slavery and about how we might be like homophobic and how that happened and all that type of stuff. I just like to hold conversations with people and give and also take. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like in the long run, I'm hoping that, you know, my blog and my podcast really resonates with a large amount of people because I have so much to say. I have so much to learn, but I also have so much to give. Um, and just in terms of other forms of like what I think my purpose is, I'm definitely figuring it out, but it definitely has everything to do with using my voice and giving to other people. Um, so I'm just hoping that that works and people are receptive. Okay. How do you think that's going to play into your mental health as you get older? Mm, So that might be very interesting because I would like to think that I'm an empath. So Mm -hmm. As I make, as I form relationships with people, I I do have the tendency to take on how they feel. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. if, say, if I'm talking about my own mental health and it's like, oh, I'm doing good right now. And someone's like, well, I'm not. It's just like, oh, oh, like what's going on? And like, then I'm going to feel the way that they feel. So it's probably going to be a little bit tricky, but it's, um, it's a risk I'm willing to take. I mean, that's why you got to create boundaries, emotional yeah, boundaries true. for yeah. that aspect. But um, I'm glad that you, you know, you're learning your purpose as you go. Mm-hmm. I think because you're, you're 23, right? Yeah. Okay. Not me having to think about it. I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'll be 24 next month. So that's why I didn't necessarily think you're also a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, damn, what was I about to say? Um, learning the purpose <laughs> yes, along the so way. So learning your purpose, along, I think you're going to learn your purpose along the way. I think for our generation, there's so much life out there that we want to live. And we, we realize we have a lot of time, but we have a short amount of time when you really think about it. Because before you blink, you'll be 40. Yeah, um, that's a fact. Yeah, because if you think, I blinked and I was, I'll i be 24 in a matter of days, which yeah. is kind of creepy. Oh um, 
But yeah, as you continue to grow, I think your purpose will grow, but it'll get very, very smaller and you'll narrow More specific, yeah. yeah. Um, I just got blessed with knowing my purpose early on just by going through tragedies. Yeah. And I I don't think everybody's going to learn their purpose through tragedies. Let me just put that out there now. But um, it gets a lot easier. Um, And I like the fact that you said that you just kind of want to help people and be a voice. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in our generation want to be a voice, but learning how to use your voice for good is going to be a tool that you're definitely going to know. Well, but you also went to school for it. So like you'll be blessed in that way. Um, but learning how to use your voice and how to uplift the generation is going to be a lot of work. Yeah. It's going to be a lot this of work. This is true. Yeah. So Gotta, I don't think it gets easier along the way. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I can I can tell you now. Yeah. It As someone who's using your voice, like it doesn't. Yeah. It so never you know. does. It mm-hmm. never does. And especially because for one, I work um I worked with different types of populations, adults, kids, people with disabilities, and sometimes just being a voice for them or being a voice even just for yourself in certain settings. It never gets easier. I think you just kind of learn when to use your voice and when your voice really is going to matter and it can shift and shape a room. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when you learn the power of your voice. Okay. And so if that's the best advice I can definitely give you is really learn when you have your voice finally, what do you want people to hear and know from hearing you in the room or seeing you in the room. Yeah. I definitely want people to take something away. That's why I said at the beginning, like, teaching. Because I just want things to, like, resonate and for people to learn something from me. Or that I could give something to them. Because I know that I really appreciate that when that happens to me. Um, and when someone teaches me something, it's like, oh, you see me. Like, you cared enough about me mm-hmm. to you know, give me a gem, give me something. Just like how you did today. Like look, I be dropping gems I yeah, feel like all the time. So People just don't be picking I wanna them up. Do that. Yeah. I wanna do that. Do you ever see yourself being in a like not in a classroom but like doing a workshop or events or something oh, like that? Definitely because I like, I'm a people person. I love people. I also love people to listen to me and I love for people to value, you know, our conversation. So of course. Mm, I feel it. I mean I feel it naturally just with your your energy. Thanks. So you can, <laughs> I think your energy is going to always be able to encapsulate a room. So you'll be fine off that. It's just you, once you get up there, don't get scared. Right. Don't get scared. Because once you once you get up there, it's it's what you say what matters. Yeah. They'll, that's all they care about. But I want to thank you for definitely coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Of yeah. course, of course, of course. I couldn't let this beautiful face like not be on the camera, clearly. Yeah. Like <laughs> and like definitely, like I said, link in the description down below so you can see about all her platforms yeah. and everything that she has going on and go buy some of her merch and whatnot and go support her um also probably go on her page and definitely drop her some comments and tell her what she should probably talk about on her podcast yes please and do the same thing for us because yeah. i'm gonna be honest <laughs> i'm honest, there are times i really cannot come up with topics like yeah. my friends have to literally text me like i need you to talk about this because i need to know about this yeah so i look i'm here for open suggestions as well but guys make sure you like comment and subscribe um make sure you go follow us on instagram um check us out on twitter 
Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you like to listen to podcasts. We yes. are there for you. And until next time, we will see you then. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.